got death and the name that makes it happen No further introduction to the man that's worth tracking City's clapping for his relentless backing A vast against the former team that just went packing While they're slacking and other hosts are lacking He tells it like it is on issues that nobody's tackling While he's racking the ones who keep on grappling The listeners some followers who get it keep on stacking Great friend and the type to set a trend President to see where haters with the men there's no pretend 17 years, he along with Pierce Entertaining Southern Kelly back by popular demand Intense for the listeners to resonate To the hottest topics of the day, check the resume While some local leaders seem to lack the unity My man uses his voice to do what's best for the community Westwood One, catch him on the sidelines Reporting live, what we later see in highlights No holds barred, just like on his timeline Sun filter podcast, no need to follow guidelines Meet any criteria, dropping bombs like Syria Touching down, all around, connected like Expedia Coming to your speakers live from the city, yo Bestie, welcome to the Scott Kaplan Media Great friends, what's good? It's a new phrase I've picked up, like it Hashtag it. What's good? I'll tell you what's good is having a recurring character on the podcast. So when you're searching for inspiration and you're looking where your next great guest and great storyteller is going to come from, you have somebody that every time you go back to him, this guy delivers. And I've asked Sid Rosenberg to come on this week's podcast because We talked last week, Eduardo Garcia. Here's this young super kid. He's a stud, and he's he's traveling all over Europe as a chef on a yacht, and he's about to become a TV celebrity. And if you listen to last week's podcast, you know the story. He gets electrocuted in a freak accident, loses his left arm, all of this while he's trying to recover in the hospital from the damage that was done by the 2,400 volts of electricity that ran through his body. And then he finds out he has testicular cancer. So now instead of recovering... With his body, now he's got to just survive the cancer before he can rebuild. So these are heavy, inspirational stories. And you come back to a guy like Sid Rosenberg, and Sid is funny, and he's sarcastic, and he's fearless, and he's controversial, and he'll say anything about anyone. And he kind of always does it with a big smile on his face. So even though you hate him for the stuff he says, you kind of want to pinch him and go, come on, Sidney, because that's who he is. So I invited Sid back on this week because of a few reasons. Number one, we'd been kind of heavy. You know, we kind of were into some serious stories. And um, also because as much as Sid can be light, he also has a pretty crazy story. And this week, I really wanted to talk to him because a week and change ago, he started his new gig as the morning host on WABC in New York, filling in for Don Imus. Now, If you know who Don Imus is, you understand what a huge star he was in the radio industry. If you never heard of Don Imus because he was still on the radio 20 years past his prime uh, and and the platforms had gotten smaller, if that were the case and you didn't know who Don Imus was, suffice it to say, Sidney and his partner Bernie taking over for Imus on a radio station like WABC New York City, it's a gigantic deal in the radio game. So what's interesting about Sid is, You've heard him tell stories and you've heard him be funny, but you probably know that in his background, man, there is some crazy shit. Look, 20 years ago, it's why he and I, who had a very promising, budding radio partnership, it's why it broke up because of all of his problems. Now, Sid will probably be listening to this somewhere and saying, fuck you, it wasn't all my problems, it was part of your problems too. And of course, I accept my portion of the responsibility. But 
when when you're dealing with drugs and alcohol and that disease, he and I, Sid and I, years ago, when we were on the radio together, I remember we would fight about stuff like this. Daryl Strawberry, you know, he'd say, great player, but he's got a disease and he needs help. And I'd say, that's bullshit, man. Daryl Strawberry, this guy's throwing it all away because he's undisciplined and, and he just he doesn't have the desire in the heart and he, he just got too full of himself. And that was where I was coming from. I didn't know anything about alcoholism or drug addiction. Sidney did. He knew all about it firsthand. So he had a whole different set of, of sympathies for a, a player like that or players like that than I did. I was coming at it thinking nothing of the disease. And unfortunately, 20-plus years later, through my relationship with Sid, other relationships in my life, I'm sure you, you've had this happen to you as well, and then unfortunately, the closest relationships impacted by drugs and alcohol. So for a guy like Sid Rosenberg, who'd been nationally humiliated with his picture, his, his uh, headshot, his mugshot, if you will, mugshot more than headshot, his mugshot and, and being fired and, and being run out of the business, or so it would seem. Inside of him, demon that he has to fight, yes, but what else lives inside of this guy? That he's not just some fuck-up, you know, crackhead alcoholic, but instead he's a driven, motivated, ambitious, never-take-no-for-an-answer, break-down-the-door. He's that kind of guy. So this conversation that you're about to take a listen to between Sid and I this week gets really emotional because he starts to recall what it was like five or six years ago when he was fired and was essentially out of the game. And now all these years later replaces an icon like Don Imus on a monster radio station in New York City and then has President Trump on the air. Now, politics aside, in the radio business, if you have a guest that is so electrifying in the radio game. You're never hearing interviews with Donald Trump on the radio. You may hear a snippet from a White House press briefing or from a press conference somewhere, but you're not hearing conversation with Donald Trump. And by getting him on the radio, regardless of the interview, because listen, the interview is garbage. And I say garbage, meaning it was just some big suck-up session because Sid and Bernie are smart enough to know Using Trump's fame, having Trump tweet about them, that is a ratings winner for them. So I say congratulations and hats off and get down on your knees and do whatever it takes to keep bringing that kind of a guest to your radio show. So for a guy to go from five or six years ago, nationally humiliated, mugshot posted all over the Internet, run out of the industry, to now powerhouse station interview with Trump in the week in the first week— and replacing an icon like Imus is a big fucking deal for a guy like Sid Rosenberg. Dude, it'd be a big deal for any of us. It would be a huge deal for me in my own radio career. To, to be in New York and have the President of the United States on in a social setting, not some you know beat-down session about the topics. I mean, even Trump joked about, you know, hey, listen, in between North Korea and Iran, I made some time for you guys. So there's something to be learned here, I think, from Sid. I don't mean to be so professorial, but... He's not just some wacky radio guy. He's a guy with a a background that has gotten him fired and humiliated because of drugs and alcohol. 
He's a guy who who keeps on coming back and keeps on getting bigger and stronger. There's got to be something inside of there that we can learn something from. Maybe there's a couple things we can learn something from. And and he he shares. Oh, and by the way, because there's radio wars that go on in New York City that make national news, he jumps in, of course, once again, to the local San Diego radio wars. And as most of you will hear later on, he gets back involved with our former colleague here at 1090, who has made a mess of his career and this other radio station around town. So here is this week's installment of the Scott Kaplan solo podcast. This is a recurring character who always, always delivers. Here's my conversation with Sid Rosen. Hello, Sidney. Hey. What's going on? How am I coming in here? My cell phone outside again, so. Well, all right. Yeah, you're coming in loud and clear. All right. So I'll just ask you to do this because you've become such a big hit with our radio listeners. They always like for you to paint a picture as to where you are when we're doing these conversations. Okay. I'm freezing again. Just, you know, we haven't hit warm weather yet. We're supposed to be in the 60s and low 70s at the end of the week, but today it's still about 45 and cloudy. So I just left the gym in shorts and a tee and a little... A little long sleeve uh, T-shirt, so I'm freezing, but it's all it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. All right, yeah. so so listen, I want to jump right into this thing. Um, okay. You guys, you and Bernie, have now replaced Don Imus, and right. and last week, first week on the air in the new time slot, you're replacing a legend, and you finished off with this conversation with the president Donald Trump. Sounds like things have been going in a whirlwind for you. Tell me what's been going on. No, you've nailed it. That's exactly what it was, a whirlwind. I mean, we got a lot of pub up here, obviously, uh, the week. Really the last week of IMC ended on a Thursday. We took Friday off. We started three days later on a Monday. But all the newspapers up here, the New York Newsday, New York Daily News, New York Post, ran stories on it. I did some local television. We got a lot of pub. It was um, a lot of excitement. It was kind of a bittersweet type of thing because... I just had a very emotional goodbye. I know how it started made fun of it, but it was actually a very good emotional 15 minutes. And as soon as he was gone, we were in. I mean, it was like, it was that quick, you know, Scott. So, you know, we started off uh, on, a, on, a, on a real good foot Monday. Right away, day one, we've got Bill O'Reilly, you know. And, you know, Tuesday, day two, we had a great guest list. Same thing Wednesday. And, you know, all this leading up to Michael Savage. That's a huge guest on Thursday. And it was funny, too, because Michael Savage was very upset. He was one of those guys that had... Trump on all the time during his campaign. You know, Savage and Hannity kind of switched off with Donald Trump. And Savage has been trying to get Donald Trump for 11 months, and he can't get him. And he's like, what do you mean you two knuckleheads got him? I'm like, we got him. And that led to the Friday conversation. And, you know, I've been in this business uh, going back with you a long time, and I've had some very, 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 uh, a lot of press with some of the interviews I've done, some of my own personal trials and tribulations. But there was nothing like this. I mean, Friday night, ABC World News tonight, NBC World News tonight, CBS World News tonight, every network show over the weekend, every cable show on Sunday, then Sunday morning, meet the press, Chris Wallace on Fox, Chris Matthews on Hardball, every paper, 46 different papers, Washington Post, New York Times, just capped off, Scott. Not only did Donald Trump come on the show on Friday, his only radio interview in almost a year, his only, he said no to Hannity, he said no to Savage, but then hours later, the coup de grace, is when he sends me and Bernie a tweet, and this will be forever etched in our minds and hung in our office, 
50 million people follow Donald Trump. I can tell you this. Most, most of the times when I tweet, I'll get a couple of hundred likes. I did have one tweet yesterday. I got 1,300. But most of the time, a couple of hundred likes. The tweet he sent out, wishing us the best of luck and telling us it was an honor to be on our show, has already received 38,000 likes, <laughs> 9,000 retweets, and 10,000 comments. So these are just numbers that are astronomical, not, you know, hard for people to fathom. And that's what it's been six days in to the new morning show. You're fucking psychotic. You know that? It's crazy. You are it's psychotic. Crazy. You, are out of your, you are out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say that, here's what I mean. I, I love how, how you're, you're, you can recite the number of newspapers that cover this, that you can recite how every single TV network's nightly news covered this. As you're describing all of this, it reminds me of like a, a high school basketball player keeping score in his mind of how many points he's got on the night, you know? Oh, listen, there's no doubt about it. This is not a high school basketball player. This is Kobe scoring 82 against the Raptors. Let's be <laughs> honest, high school basketball player. When you got the president on and you, you are, your name is on the shows and the papers that we were on, not the sound that we're getting brash, this ain't high school. This is as big as big time gets. People who work in this business for 50 years, 70 years, 80 years, they're not going to smell anything like this. They're not going to come close to anything like this. So I understand it sounds kind of silly and arrogant and brash and look at Sid beating his chest, but those types of numbers, those types of, of newspapers, those types of TV shows to put our names up there and spend time talking about it, it is worthy of all the chest beating, at least for a couple of days. Now today it's kind of back to reality, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but, but those types, that type of guest, I'm sorry, I, I, can be, I can be yelling from the woods for months and it will be fine. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny to me because I listen. Just so you know, just so you know, it's funny to me because I just had to recite all that, just so you know, Scott, because I, um, I have a new agent. I have a new radio agent. She's very, very good. Her name is Heather Cohen. But my radio agent for many, many years was a guy named Mark Lepselt for over a decade. And Lep doesn't represent me anymore. Unfortunately, Lep was there for my ugly times and how to endure all of that. But make a long story short, we're back in contact. His office is on Park Avenue, not far from where I do my radio show. And when I wrote my first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, he was the guy that got that deal done with Triumph Books out of Chicago. Well, it turns out that he's got, a, he got an email early this morning from some, uh, some big-time guy at a different publishing house that wants to possibly, if not likely, write a second book. How Sid Rosenberg made the transition from sports to news to politics. How somehow he got back to New York City. How somehow he replaced Simon in the morning. And somehow it got Donald Trump. So part of the reason why those numbers are so fresh, to be honest, is an hour ago I had to give those numbers to Lep Selter which is getting ready to sign what looks like maybe a two or three book deal. Sydney, I think that um, that beating your chest over some crazy numbers and things that you use as metrics for your own success, there's nothing wrong with that at all, man. I think you should be beating your chest. I think that, but but I'll just give you my own observation, which is the Trump interview is is not really the story the way I would see it. The Trump interview is a nice little piece of the pie, but the story really is how a guy like you keeps doing what you're doing. And you, you've talked about it. You have become the recurring character on this podcast because, you know, last week we were into something really heavy with a guy named Eduardo Garcia who was, like, yeah. on the verge of becoming this celebrity television chef, and he lost his arm to an electrocution accident. Yeah, yes, it was very good. I heard it. It was very, very good. The guy cool. was great. Very inspiring story. Yeah, so, he, so you see, the thing is about you is is that um, when we were heavy like we were last week, we like for you to lighten things up for us. However, 
the story here is not that you guys got lucky enough that Bernie had a relationship with Trump from the Imus days, or at least that was my assumption as your listener. The story here is how you keep doing this and how you keep getting back on your feet. That's the better story here, man. Oh, no, no, you're 100% right. The Trump, I couldn't agree with you more. And by the way, the Trump interview, you know, we got to, obviously the people who love Donald Trump, Scotty, they loved it, right? Um, the people that are critical of Donald Trump, all we heard about was softball this, softball that. Now, now, let me say this. I did tweet and Facebook and on the radio for days leading up to the interview, warn people, this is not going to be Chris Cuomo on CNN. This is not going to be Rachel Maddow, MSNBC, beating the daylights out of Donald Trump. He's doing us a favor. It's going to be a friendly interview. Bernie thinks he's doing a great job. I think he's doing a good job. I actually came around. I did not vote for him. So if you're expecting us to start beating him up over Stormy Daniels, which is nonsense, or Russia, which is fiction, it wasn't going to happen. And it didn't happen. You know, we got some, uh, some things in there that made some real headline news. Like my what? Wait, to him about, you, let me ask you. Oh, like, like what? Oh, my God. The question I asked him about China and whether we're in a trade war and all that, that was on every single newscast, as I said, over 30 of them all weekend long. That was big, big news. Every single news show from Friday to Sunday let off, actually let off with me asking Donald Trump about whether or not this China tariff situation is going to turn into a trade war, which he said right away, Sid, fellas, there ain't no trade war. That's over. Obama, Bush, Clinton, they made sure there wouldn't be a trade war. So I'm not worried about a trade war. He said, I'm worrying about fixing this thing. So that was huge. And secondly, the question Bernie asked him about the White House Correspondence Center. That was huge. Presidents don't miss those. He missed it last year, and he admitted to us on Friday. He may miss it again this year. That's never happened in the history of the presidency. So those two specific questions about China and the White House Correspondence Dinner, those were two massive pieces of news. But really, it was more about, hey, I love you. Hey, you love me. Hey, how about the Mets? Hey, how about the Yankees? It was a laid-back conversation. And you're right, that interview was not the big deal. It was just another piece of... um. More window dressing, Scotty, if you want to go in that direction. More window dressing. Well, yeah, because, you know, I, I guess I didn't hear all the lead up. I just followed on Twitter. And, of course, I'm so happy for you and proud of you. Um, you. And I, I, I keep thinking to myself, you know, what, what is it inside of this guy? And, by the way, not just you, but other people like you who, who are professionals who fuck up time and time again. And rather than just go find a new career path or hide or just decide I'm going to do something completely different, there's this, there's something inside of you. I always, dude, the first day that you and I were together, the first year we came back from San Diego after the Super Bowl back in 1997, I can remember saying to everybody, we got to calm him down. We've got to calm him down because now he wants to be a superstar and he doesn't want to be a superstar tomorrow. He wants to be a superstar six months ago because he just got a taste of what it feels like. And, and I knew then you were a driven, I, I say psychotically driven person, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm, right. I'm in the same boat, but, but it, it to me, there's been so many chances for you to be run from the business and for you to come back in a, on a bigger platform and score an interview with Trump, which again, listen, I was, I listened to it. I, I wasn't like, Ooh, wow, that's newsworthy. I was just listening as a fan of yours. So right. I wasn't, I wasn't listening as a news person saying, wow, that was really a newsworthy comment Trump just made. And I'm, and I was also having a hard time getting past you sucking all over the guy, how much you love him and how great right. he is. Well, and, no, well listen, I, I was, I, not, that was more funny than me. I was honest. I started the conversation by saying, listen, Mr. President, I was not a fan of yours. I didn't even vote for you. 
But the truth is, is that over the last you know year or so since he's taken over, you've turned me around, and he has. You've cost you, know, you I, cost the American I, people in that time of explaining to Trump your position. You cost the American people. I've calculated it about seven million dollars of the thirty <laughs> seconds you spent in that preamble to the president That's of the United 20. States. I wanted him to know that there's going to be people out there in 2020 that didn't like him when he ran, and in fact, may have thought he was a buffoon but that he's won some people over. But I will tell you this. After the interview, I got very, very introspective. This weekend especially, Scotty, I you know, I was sitting around, and obviously the high on Friday was one I've only experienced a few times. I'm, I'm sure with you a couple of times, and maybe at FAN, but very few times in my life that I experienced that high. You know how it is uh, on radio. It's like anything else, even drugs for that matter. You get this incredible high, and then it's inevitable. you got to come down at some point. And I was very introspective on Friday, and I, and I uh, grabbed Danielle. I said, i got to be honest with you, my wife of 26 years. I said, back in, um, I get emotional. Back in uh, 2012, when I got fired from WQIM for my DUI, and I was in the cover of Dead Spin, I'll never forget it. This sucker, I can say that on this thing, I think, I don't know. He, uh, this guy wrote a story, I've since tweeted him, how Sid Rosenberg's a loser time and time again, Fired from WFAN four times. Fired from 790, the ticket. Now he's been fired from WQAM. When are people going to get the message? He's a low light. He's a piece of garbage. He's not even good on the air. All this nonsense. And I was done. And I remember getting a phone call from Joe Bell, my boss. We were in a sushi restaurant. And um, I walked outside. And I sat on the curb, Scott. Sorry, this is uh, New York City. So the fire engine is ruining my really... That's all right. My really, my yeah. story here. So anyway... So I'm sitting on the stoop outside a sushi restaurant. I just gotten fired. And Danielle comes outside and she goes, was that Joe Bell? I said, yeah, it was. She said, have you been fired? I said, yeah, I have. And she started to cry. Now, at that time, I had two little babies. I had a very expensive home in Boca. So I had a big-time mortgage. I had fancy cars and all these things. And, and I was done, you know. And she started to cry. But when I say cry, Scott, I mean hysterical. I mean just, I couldn't even console her. And I remember looking at her and I said to her, listen to me. I grabbed her hand. I said, you listen to me. And I started to cry like I am now. And I said, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm too good at this. People know that. I'm a decent person. Yes, I've had my ups and downs. I just got fired in a very embarrassing situation. But I'm not done. There's going to be one more chance. I got to tell you, and I admitted this to Danielle this weekend, when I told her that, in my own heart, I didn't believe that. You know, you talk about how many chances do I get. I thought I was done in 2012. I really thought I was done. And Steve Lapper came along from 640 Sports and offered me $118,000 the host of the morning show, and I had no other offer, so I took it. I took a six-figure pay cut. I was down to 118 at the time, a station in, in Pompano Beach that about 30 people listened to. But at least I was back in the game. And I came home that night, I said to Danielle, I said, listen, I told you last week we weren't done. She said, Sydney, you're on a rinky-dink sports station. There were four stations in Miami. You're now on the worst one. You're barely making a six-figure income, and no one listens. I said, Danielle, we're in the game. We're in the game. That's all we have to be is in the game. And day one, Scott, on that radio show, Carlos Dansby came on. He's a linebacker for the Dolphins. Day one. And the Dolphins were about to be on hard knocks. And, and Carlos Dansby said on my radio show that he was very upset with Dolphin management because they had just cut wide receiver Chad Johnson. And I said, Carlos, Chad beat the living daylights out of his wife. And he said to me, he did, but he makes us a better football team. <laughs> I said, so you're okay with that? And he said, yeah, I'm okay with that. And believe it or not, that little piece of audio got 
from ESPN to NFL Network all over the country. And, and the fourth episode of Hard Knocks, the episode actually started with the audio of Sid Rosenberg and Carlos Dansby. That was day one. And I said, you see, Danielle, I'm in the game. We got a shot. That was 2013. Fast forward five years later, here I am today. It's pretty heavy stuff, man. I did think I was done. I, I you know, there was, was a last station in Miami. They had fired me in New York. And I really believed I was done. I, I looked her in the eyes. I said, I'm not done. But I got to tell you, as I just told you moments ago, I really did think I was done. And um, it is heavy stuff. But it just, you know what it is? It's, I had no choice, man. I had two kids. What was I going to do? Go back to medical school? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's all I knew. It's all I knew for 15 years. So I was lucky enough to get one more shot. To this day, Steve Lapper to me, is, is a godsend. Sid, there's a lot of people who listen and there are a lot of people who uh, who listen to these podcasts, especially when you're on them, and they they like the old school Scott and Sid stuff, and yes. and so they 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 like to tune into all these things, which is kind of cool because they go back with us a long time, and I think those same people would be hearing you, and they they might even have tears in their eyes, um, and, and they might be thinking to themselves, how do you avoid fucking this up? What do you do oh, different? What do you I, I do different I mean, now? <laughs> Seriously, I, I know this seems crazy because I don't mean to, to, to like bring you down off the high. What I'm trying to say to you is, is anybody who's a fan of yours, anybody who's a family member of yours, anybody who's ever been around you is, is thinking the same thing. Like, he'll one day blow up again. And I, I, nobody wants to see that because you're too high right now. In other words, you're so hot right now, and, and, and it might not ever get better than it is today. But what do you do differently this time in your life, in your real life, so that you do not fuck this up? Well, I don't drink. That's a good start. I don't do drugs. That's a pretty good start, right? I mean, I don't, that, was, that was a major part of my issue. I mean, the last time I got fired a full-time basis in WFAN back in 2005, and believe me, I still worked there for another decade almost, doing fill-in shows, almost got back again in 2007 and 2011, mind you. So even when I was fired in 2005, I wasn't really fired, but I was fired because I was having difficulties with, with uh, drugs and, and alcohol. I did not show up. Very first game of the season, Giants-Panthers. I was a pre- and post-game show host for the Football Giants. Another great gig, by the way. And I was in a hotel room in Atlantic City and never came back. Um, but I don't do that stuff anymore. So that ain't going to happen. But let me tell you, <laughs> I still get that question that you just asked me all the time. There's plenty of people, even on Twitter, that say the same thing you just said just now. Not my friends necessarily, but... He'll blow it again. He'll mess up again. There's no doubt about it. When that, that, that maniac, that bipolar maniac, sued me for $20 million five weeks ago, and it was in the New York Post on that Sunday, and I did your radio show, your podcast, two days later. There were people calling us my demise then. Here it is. Told you. Told you it was going to happen. Of course, it's a bunch of nonsense, and it's been disproven time and time again, and, and uh, that thing's over. But the truth is, when all those things pop up, every single time, Scotty, every single time, it's here it is. I told you. It's, it's, it's going to happen. So I, I'm, I'm kind of used to it. I, I don't think it really fuels me anymore. It used to actually give me more. It would inspire me to actually make these people look bad. All my naysayers, the doubters out there that continue to bury me time and time again. It doesn't really do that anymore, but it's always going to be. I've got to tell you, about three weeks ago, I was very, very sick. I had the flu. And uh, I had 103 fever, and I was throwing up. and I really felt like shit. And... I, I don't like to take days off. It goes back to working with you. I'll never forget one of the only things you taught me was you never miss the show. You used to always say that, and you were right. But I had no choice. I was really, I was dying. 
So I took off on a Friday, and I got to tell you, the amount of text messages I got, not just out of concern, how do you feel, but it was like, oh, my God, what happened to you? I'm like, guys, 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 I'm not on a bender. Mm -hmm. I don't drink and do cocaine anymore. Mm -hmm. I got the flu. I'm homesick. But, I mean, I'm talking about some of my biggest advertisers and good friends and people who love me. We're like, well, I can't help it. Every time you're out, I get worried. This is three weeks ago, you know? So this is something I'm going to live with the rest of my life. And it's fine because I did it. Okay, I did it. I did all that. All these years, I fucked up time and time again and ended up in newspapers and, and all these things for doing all these things. So I'm accountable. I get it. I did it. I got to live with it. But the further I am from, from some of those things and the more weeks I had like last week, you know, hopefully people start to get the picture that I'll be 51 years old, God willing, in 10 days, and the bullshit is over. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why this whole thing about Trump, you know, I listened to the interview, Sid, and look, it's, it's a great thing to get in talk radio to have the president of the United States on the air. It, it's, it's like you said, it, it wasn't necessarily to, to beat up on him or to debate, to debate with him. You were using him, and by the way, he was allowing you to use him to you know, increase the notoriety of a brand new show. And when, when your name is in the middle of all of the sports talk radio wars in town, when you're on a news talk station talking to the president, I mean, you use whatever you can use to win in this game. And I thought you guys really utilized the president and his appearance really well to not just stir things up for the new show, but to keep things going because you jumped into the Mike and the Mad Dog thing. You jumped into Boomer Esiason, who you, you, you called out on this podcast several weeks ago. So you, you just you use what you've got. And if somebody had a relationship to get to Trump and Trump brings all this attention and, oh, by the way, he says a few things that are newsworthy and this can propel you because now all of a sudden somebody's got more interest in book deals or somebody wants to put you on TV, dude, this is, this is the ninth life. And I know people have said that to you before, but this is the most amazing opportunity. And you just obviously you got you to keep fighting those, those demons every day. Well, you know, you also brought up the boomer science and thing. I mean, it's also a really good time for me and Bernie in this in this uh, radio land in New York City. I mean, you know, Don Imus is gone. He's done. And, and to be honest, Don Imus was not the same the last five years as he was, you know, when he was back at WFAN last eight years or so. But he still had a you know, nice-sized audience. He's gone. Howard Stern has been, on terrestrial, uh, has been off terrestrial radio now for many, many years. He's gone. Craig Carton, whether they like Craig or not, I mean, the fact is he ran a big-time show at Boomer, and when Craig and Boomer replaced Don Imus, Craig did very, very well. He's gone. He's actually back doing some other radio show now, some fantasy show, but he's gone. So you remove Howard Stern, Don Imus, Craig Carton, and these guys from the landscape. Now you've got a major opportunity here, major. Boomer Esiason is a smart guy, decent guy, by the way, but they like Boomer. He's raised a ton of money for cystic fibrosis. After 9-11, what he did for the people of Cannon Fitzgerald was amazing. He's a decent guy. He's a good guy. Uh, here comes but the bot. Very, well, he's a, he's a vanilla radio host. He's a good sidekick. He's not a host. of a, oh, He's not a compelling radio host. And he's hosting mornings at WFAN. A direct competition is being hosted by Len Berman and Mike Weedle. You've never heard of those guys, right? Of course not. So not only uh, did the Trump interview give us extra pub, and the fact is when he's got 50 million followers and he tweets out Bernie and Sid, it was an honor to be on your show, which everybody sees, the, um, the landscape is ripe for the taking. So we've got an opportunity here. So when I called out Boomer, it wasn't because I disliked Boomer. I felt like being a dick for a couple of days. It was, here are the facts. We've got two AM talk shows in this town that are a direct competition that are not compelling. They're not good. And Boomer's show was all sports. The other show is all politics, and we do everything. 
We've got Whitney Cummings coming on tomorrow. We had Anthony Cumia on last week. Jim Norton on last week. Michael Savage and President Trump. Ron Guidry, Bernie Williams, Isaiah Thomas this week. So you want sports? We got it. You want news? We got it. You want the president? We got it. You want comedy? We got it. Boomer doesn't offer that. The other shows don't offer that. Quite frankly, Scott, most shows on the country don't offer that. Plus, you guys really sound good sucking each other off all the time, telling each other oh, how great God, you are. It's pathetic. It, is, it really is. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I listen to the two of you telling everybody how great the two of you are. I used to love it when you were on by yourself and you couldn't talk enough about how great you were. Now you got you and Bernie sucking each other off, telling each other how great you are. Yeah. I used to always get these uh, messages, so I still get them. If you, if you have to tell everybody how great you are, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. I say this, okay? Yes, um, most people don't tell people how great they are, okay? I got no issue with that. My issue is there are too many people today, not just in our business, Scotty, but in every business that boast about themselves are quite frankly are mediocre. I got no issue. If you're really great at what you do, and I'm great at what I do. Four hours a day, I'm great at it. 20 hours a day, I can't fucking figure it out. I can't. <laughs> 20 hours a day, I, I try to be a good father. I try to be a good husband. I try to be responsible. I do. I struggle 20 hours a day. But for four hours a day, I'm fucking great. It is what it is. So what? I got a gift at this stupid business. So I got no issue saying it. My issue is when people say they're great or they're really good at something and they're just kind of mediocre. But if you're really good, say it. It's okay. It's okay. You know, that's, that's what I hated about Obama. Everybody was equal. It was, it was equal. It was Little League Baseball. Bullshit. It's okay. It's America. If you're great at something and you really are, don't be afraid to tell people. Stand out and go, I'm fucking great. You hear that, America? That's America. That's the way it used to be. Not this bullshit. Now everybody gets a trophy. Uh, you know, my kid, if he plays baseball, he should never get a trophy because he can't hit the goddamn ball. <laughs> <laughs> I love my son to death. I would die for him today, but he can't hit the ball off his tee. Stop giving him a trophy. <laughs> Maybe you should call your best friend, your, your new BFF. Maybe you should call Trump and see if he can work on that. You know, I'm, uh, believe me, I'm, uh, I've thought about that. I got it. You know, also, you know, you say that, call your best friend Donald Trump, but the truth is, is that it didn't take very long for the White House to email us early Friday evening, about 6.30, and say that, you know, we're going to do something again, and, you know, next week is going to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders on the show, and, and maybe a short time after that, somebody else from his staff. But the fact is, is that by doing what we did on Friday and not acting like a bunch of jerks and trying to jump all over the president, we'll get him back. And I got news for you, folks. You may not want to hear this. And I want to hear this, but as it is right now, he's going to win again. So if we can spend the next six and a half years having this guy on our side and this guy going on two or three shows on a regular basis across the country, I'd rather be that than the guy ripping him today that he doesn't want to talk to. First time you disagree with him. That's the last time he's on the air. Just remember that, buddy. Oh, no, you're 100% right. Of course. But that's why that's not, it's not, and listen, I disagree with him when he's not on the air with me. He doesn't hear those shows, but while he's on the air, he's money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, you're such a pain in the ass, I'm going to tell you why. Because you see, you sit there in New York and you know that you sparked a, a radio controversy here in San Diego and you did it completely under the radar. So you came, talking about? I'm, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You came on the know, radio you, show. You are such a son of a bitch. <laughs> I swear, if I didn't love you, and I do love you to death, by the way, I would fly to San Diego right now and kick your ass. You put me in this. Now, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I do like to know what's going on every now and then, and I do check Twitter. I don't hate Dan Celio. I don't hate him. I, I worked with Dan down in Miami. He, for some reason, I don't know why, when he walked into my station, that last place I talked about earlier, he was very nice. His wife was a sweetheart, Kim. 
He's got a daughter, Danielle, who was very nice to me. I don't hate the guy. And he was actually very nice to me. But I know what's going on, and I, I do keep up on what's going on. You, you, said, you, said, <laughs> you said in, in bold English, the man yeah. is on the verge of being out of the radio industry. You said that about your former colleague. Now they call him Lil Sills, by the way. They used to call him Big Sills. Now they call him Lil Sills. Wait you know, a second, wait a second. Wait, who said that? You said that, <laughs> that he was on the verge of being out of the business because he's so mediocre at what he does that he's on the verge of, of no longer being in the business. That's what you said about him. Okay, let me just say this. Go ahead. This is what makes you great. How I just stopped my chest and told everybody, if, if you really feel like you're great, tell them you're great. This is what makes you great, because I said nothing like that. No, you said but that. What he said was, here's what I said exactly. He's, he's better than mediocre, by the way, but he's not great. But what I couldn't understand is how a radio station was going to have him kind of be the head, like one, be the guy, be the go-to guy. I did say that. I said it seemed a little bit of a stretch for me that a new radio station would start up and have Dan Filio as that number one guy. I did say that. I did read something this weekend, too, that said that, God, I hate saying this, but it's not going all that well, but I, um, did I say what you said I just said, Scott? Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> do, do you, Sydney, do you know what's going on out here? Because we all read about the radio wars of New York City, because when you have a Boomer Esiason who's on CBS's NFL Today, and you've got right. Chris Russo who's on MLB Network, and you've got Francesa who's just retired, and when these guys are all snipping at one another, it makes right. national news. Here in San Diego, we somehow made national news with a radio war that took place here. You have Big Sills, who goes to the middays. Sydney, they play like Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica. They come back to Big Sills, not for innovative, new, younger generation FM sports talk. He does old man history sports talk. Talks about his days at the U. Talks about how much he hates the University of Florida. Talks about how much he knows chicks from Florida State. Talks about his uncle, Arthur Robustelli, or whatever. And this Andy is Andy Robustelli, the great New York football giant. Whoever he is. So, so Big Sills, so they go Ozzy Osbourne, Motley Crue. Ten minutes of Big Sills talking old man sports talk radio. Two minutes of a comedian that's not funny and you don't know who it is. And then they go back into music. So he's got about ten minutes an hour to talk old man sports. Like, you would have thought that if a a radio station is going to start something new and they're going to incorporate music with comedy with sports talk, they would really try and be innovative. And all they did was they took Sills and they said, talk 10 minutes of sports, and it's the same old, tired, lame act. Only the, what saves it is occasionally there's a pretty good song. And yeah, so I read, that they, I read that it's like really going badly. I, I, I think it was in Deadspin. Was it Deadspin? Yeah, I so, it was in Deadspin that said that the station is really having a very, very, very tough time. Right, right so here's what happened. So listen to what happened. So, so they hired this new morning guy. And he's some nobody from San Francisco. Yes, I don't know. I never oh, heard of the guy. Fucking story beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> right. So they. So he has the the Coronado Bridge. The same day, the mayor of San Diego is is on the front page of the paper saying we've got to work on suicide prevention from this bridge. This idiot puts a tweet out that says jump. Oh, by the way, he stole somebody's oh photograph. So now the the, the photographer is going to wind up suing the radio company. Oh and all of this God. is on the station that the Padres are on, which, by the way, nobody knows where they are, and there's no coverage. It's all static. So now they have to, this is what everybody thinks, they, have, they can't put this guy on the radio. The Padres are threatening to pull their, their broadcasts off this radio station. And oh now, now they're talking about rebuilding 
another sports radio station in a city like San Diego that can barely support one. There was a second. It got steamrolled in this entire war. And now they're going to try and rebuild an FM sports station just to accommodate the Padres. And from what I'm hearing, they're moving Lil Sills back to early mornings. Oh, my God, what a mess. <laughs> what a mess. So he's going to stay at the old AM station, even though the Padres are running for like it's on fire to the FM station and do early morning show on the AM station. No, he's going to stay on that same FM station and do, oh. do sports talk in the morning. And you have to, Sid, it's so sad. When he worked here at 1090, we had a, an executive producer, a guy named Joe Tatino. He's a sports radio lifer. Joe would work with Dan every morning, and he would balance him on the air. And then even though he would go through producers, they would also help him and try and enhance his broadcast. He's got a bunch of people around him now that don't know who he is, don't kiss his ass like he thinks his ass should be kissed. They clearly are annoyed by him on the air. And he's got nothing. Like, he, he sat out for three months and didn't come up with a whole new act and innovate. Like, I'm going to FM. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to be in bed with the Padres. I'm going to come up with something that freshens up my act. And, dude, he's regressed. You know, i tell you what, though. And I believe that's probably true. But here's, here's who gets the blame for that. I've worked at so many stations uh, over the years. I've seen so many guys come and go. I see a lot of Dan Silios, by the way. And for some reason, I, I don't know what it is. You know, first of all, there's a lot of hosts out there that are very uh, innovative. That, that's, that's the biggest problem. You are, by the way. You've always been in the two and a half decades, I've, in two decades I've known you. But there's like no help out there. These stations, like you said, he's not getting the help. PDs and, and, and assistant PDs and, and producers and executive producers, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So the bottom line is if you get a guy like Dan Silio, and let's say you think he's got some ability, he's got some ability. And if you really teach him, he can be a pretty good radio host. There's nobody out there. There's nobody to do it. And if God forbid, Scott, if God forbid somebody tells a guy like Dan Silio, hey, man, you're really good, they don't want to hear it. They're done after that. What do you mean? This guy said I was good. Mark Turner sent me a letter 15 years ago that said I could work on WFAN. All these things. So what happens is people are afraid to tell I just told you this. It's this, it's this whole idea, giving 12 piece to everybody. People are afraid to say, you're not that good. You're not that good. You need help. You know what? Your act is old. Your act is stale. You're not funny. You're not informative enough. Your facts are actually incorrect. You're not that good. But we don't do that. And if somebody hears one person, one fucking person, tell them they're pretty good, they think they're great. Mm. So Dan Cilio is one of a billion guys in our business. I'm telling you, bro, a billion guys in our business that share that. It's not all Dan's fault. Some is because he believes his own hype. But the truth is, there's no help out there. And he's going to go by this, like a million other guys who came and went and thought they had it and thought they were great. When it's all said and done, not much there. All right, so now are you going to back away from your comments next time? Because you know what's going to happen now. He's going to hear this podcast. He's going to go crazy. He's going to go on Twitter and lose his mind. <laughs> and, and are you going to back away? With this? And, no, I'm not going to back away. Why would I back away? I told you I liked the guy. He was great to me in Miami. I said he's better than mediocre. I said he's got ability. But he's one of a million guys that, listen, there's only, there's a very, I don't care what business you're in, Scott, whether you're a professional athlete, whether you're an entertainer, whether you do what we do, the percentage of people that are really, really great is small. It just is. You're one of those guys, but it's very, very small. There's a lot of guys that are kind of lumped together. So if Dan Cilio wants to get mad at me because I don't consider him one of the top 5 or 10% of people in this business, then I'll get fucking mad. What do I give a shit? That's the truth. And the bottom line is, he's got to he's either... I revamped myself. I was going nowhere. 
I was doing sports every single day like 9 billion other people, Scotty. And if I was still doing sports, I'd be probably out of the business. I would be out of the business of doing some shit-ass show down in South Florida talking to fucking Hurricane fans. I decided five years ago I'm done with it. I'm going to talk to Chuck Todd instead of having a Hurricane football coach, right? I'm going to start talking to presidential candidates. I knew five years ago I was on a road to nowhere. And now, five years later, I, I, you know, it's been rewarding for me. So if that's going to upset Dan Cilio, I, I, I don't care, right? He's a nice guy. He's got some ability. Uh, but like a million other people in the business, you, you got, every now and then people need to reinvent themselves or, or surround themselves with people that are so talented that if they're pretty good, they could become great. All right, I can hear traffic behind you. I heard sirens behind you earlier. Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on. Some, I, some guy just died right in front of me, I swear to God. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's New York City, buddy. We're by Wall Street. I got to tell you, I love doing these with you, but it seems like every time we do them, it's over the winter because we're expecting temperatures to hit around 70 on Friday, Scott. But today it's still a blustery 38 degrees and windy. So I come out of the gym wearing shorts a T-shirt, and a long sleeve tee over it, and my balls have shriveled to the size of a fucking cashew. I'm freezing <laughs> to death out here. <laughs> From almond to cashew is not that small of a percentage, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> in the meantime, in the meantime but, uh, but I love doing these. let me just tell you, it's funny. You are my recurring character, and I have to always be honest with everybody who listens. You know, you can't find these stories every week. You know, you can't find the Andrew Pollock every week, the emotion of his daughter Meadow dying in the, in the Parkland yeah. shooting. You can't find the Eduardo Garcia story. You know, guy gets electrocuted and 2,400 volts go ripping through his head. You, you got to A, lighten it up, but B, people like to get to know other people. And Sydney, um, if everybody who listens to my radio show out here who gets to follow you and then follows you on Twitter and then hears about all this Trump stuff, they're all going to find this to be, uh, as usual, highly entertaining. Well, I love doing it. I love you. I love you to death. I, I say this, and I don't mean to uh, patronize you, both smoke up your ass, but I, I mean this. In fact, Ali actually sent out a cute tweet a couple of days ago when I was giving IMIS the credit for my success and, and uh, the, person, the, the radio guy I turned into, which he said, well, I thought it was Scott Kaplan, and to be honest, he was kind of joking, but it's true. You know, you've had an amazing influence on my career, and a lot of things you said to me 20 years ago, I still say today. So I love you. I'm glad. It's, and i got to tell you, your podcast is great. I heard the Pollock uh, a podcast. I heard the, the, the Garcia one. These are great. Uh, I really hope these things become huge because the interviews are good. The stories are compelling. You do a great job, and I'm happy for you, pal. And I love doing this with you, so thanks for having me back on. I actually love that I don't do as much talking during the podcast as I do on the radio. Yeah, it's fun. I right? get somebody, get some other asshole to do all the talking. <laughs> 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 All right, Sydney, go warm up. Thank you for being recurring on uh, the Scott Kaplan. I had to correct myself there. I almost said the name of the radio show on the Scott Kaplan solo podcast. Sydney, congratulations on the success, and I hope people find inspiration from your story. You got it, pal. And we'll retweet the center on tonight at Sid Rosenberg and at Bernie and Sid. Scott Kaplan, I love you. Thanks, bud. All right, Sydney, be well, man. Great friends, thanks for staying tuned. And listening to that conversation with Sidney Rosenberg, let me tell you something. We go back, he and I, to the very beginnings. And, and for those that don't know the stories, Sid and I committed to each other that this year we would start telling more of those stories. It just so happens that the reason we got into the Trump thing and, uh, and, and why it got so emotional was because of the replacing of Imus. And that's really what I wanted to concentrate on. But just appreciate 
Sydney and the storytelling and the emotion that comes with it and and the realness and the rawness of that conversation. I want to thank everybody, literally, literally, around the world, who people who contact me from as far away as Australia and other parts of the United States to locally here in Southern California. I want to thank everybody who tunes into this podcast. It actually blows my mind when I'm out doing uh, a, a live radio broadcast and somebody comes up to me and they say, bro, love the podcast. And I'm like, it, it just amazes me how we all differentiate the way we take in content. In fact, I'm moving again. Moving sucks, but I don't think it'll be that bad this time around. I'm moving again. I've talked a little bit about getting divorced, and um, this is all byproduct of that. And I'm moving again, and I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to get content in the house because I've got four kids. Nobody ever watches TV. Phones, tablets, computers, Netflix, nobody watches TV. So I'm going to just ask this question to end. Contact me, Twitter, at Scott Kaplan, Facebook, Scott Kaplan, Instagram, at Scott Kaplan, email, whatever. Sign up for my newsletter, scottkaplanmedia.com, and pretty much just, I guess, Google, whatever. So give me your thoughts on cutting the cord. I'm thinking about DirecTV. Should I continue with cable? I don't want phone. They're going to charge me for phone. I'm trying to start to live a more financially efficient life, and I'm looking for great ideas. Somebody gave me a great idea. They said, get your DirecTV through your membership at Costco, and that seems like a pretty smart deal, so I've been going there and thinking about that. So any thoughts on cutting the cord or high-speed internet service or television service for a family that's not so much using TV, I'd love to hear suggestions, and I don't even know how we got off onto this tangent. So that means it's time to wrap up. Thank you for being with us. And again, pass the word, sign up for the newsletter, subscribe to the podcast, and thank you for being here. Great friends.